Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed. Plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast. So please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Welcome to Trade Show University, the ultimate resource for marketers, planners, and business owners looking to create results, increase revenue, and maximize their ROI for upcoming trade shows. We'll help you navigate the complexities of trade shows, set the right goals, find true success, and get the most out of each experience for you and your team. It's time to get your PhD in ROI with your host, the man with over 25 years of trade show experience, Jim Cermak. Well, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Trade Show University. I am your host, Jim Cermak, and I am really, really pumped to have the guests we have on today because this is uh, – at trade shows, we meet so many people. I mean, that's what trade shows are all about is about meeting people, interacting, and it is making those personal connections because that is really who – when we're an attendee at a trade show, that's what we remember, that when you make those really good, unique connections and have great conversations with people. And the person that we are talking today is all about connecting and all about reading people and just really excited to have you hear what he's got. And I'm excited to have you hear uh, what he's got to say. His name is Dan Hill. Dan is a Ph.D., and he's an internationally recognized expert on the role of emotions in business, politics, sports, and popular culture. Dan's specialty is the analyzing the power of emotions to shape outcomes and personalities. He pioneered the use of facial coding in business and has done research for over 50% of the world's top 100 B2C companies. His media highlights include appearances on the ABC's Good Morning America, NBC's Today Show, and he's gotten front page coverage on the New York Times. So really excited to dive in, especially into facial coding and find out what that's all about. I want to welcome Dan Hill to the show. Dan, welcome, and uh, please say hello to all our trade show warriors listening today. Absolutely, Jim. Happy to be here. Oh, so excited, so excited, and and being a trade show university, we are all about trade shows. But I know you are you are such a wealth of knowledge and have studied this in a lot of different facets uh, throughout many many different industries and uh, and channels. But I want to well, let's talk about trade shows for a little bit if we can, please. Uh, so I want to find out what is what is your trade show experience. Well, I normally speak at about 10 to 20 conferences a year, and sometimes the trade show is in the main hall. Sometimes actually the speakers are in that hall on a stage someplace. Uh, I just like to browse them. I'm very visually oriented, as you might guess, as a facial coder. I like to see how the interactions work. So I'm always a bit of a snoop, uh, just seeing what I what strikes me in, in the trade shows. That's awesome. So you you really get around. You've got a you've got a unique perspective because you're not tied to a booth. 
So, but that's where most of our listeners are. So you you get to see things from completely different angles, and uh, as I think we're going to find out, you look at things quite differently than most people do. But if you could, I want to. I really want to dive right into the topic of facial coding. Explain to us what that's all about and why it's important. Sure. Uh, Charles Darwin was the first scientist to take emotions seriously. If they didn't matter to us and they didn't help us survive and thrive, they would have been weaned out of us over the course of evolution. What he came to realize was that in your face, you best reflect and communicate your emotions. The first reason is that it's universal. Even a person born blind emotes the same way as you or I. Second, it's spontaneous. The face is the only place in the body where the muscles attach right to the skin. So it's a quick, real-time read of the person approaching your booth. And the third thing is abundancy. We have more facial muscles than any other species on the planet. There is simply a wealth of information. In fact, it's been said that the 25 square inches in the middle of our face are the most valuable visual territory in the world because in sales, as in everything in life, friend or foe, who are you dealing with? Wow. <laughs> I just learned more right there than <laughs> about the face and muscles. That's amazing. And, and it really, I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting like me. I'm, I'm nodding going, oh, my gosh, yes. Even a, even a newborn or, like you said, someone who's never even seen someone else still has those same features, those same expressions. And we can look instantly at a picture. It, it doesn't have to be a a moving face. You could look at a snapshot and kind of be able to say, oh, that person's happy, that person's sad, but you take it up to a whole different level. <laughs> it's absolutely true. I, I look at the newspaper very differently than most people. For instance, dirt, prior to the surge in Iraq, uh, some generals were testifying to Congress, and I looked at their faces and went, oh, my God, this is not going so well over in Iraq. And then later the story came out. But, yes, it gives you just that extra edge. And in business, what are we all seeking? To close the deal, to connect with our customers, to get the repeat sale. I mean, it's been said that there are only two currencies in life, dollars and emotions. And what I've done for the last 20 years is say, let's make those two intersect as much as possible. Wow. I love that. Dollars and emotions. <laughs> Now, in a in a trade show setting, for I'll just give you this example, and I'm sure anyone who's worked a trade show or or I, I'm there as an attendee, and I walk up to a booth and someone starts giving me their spiel, and immediately I know, oh, I, you know, I need to move on to the next booth. This is not for me, and the person there cannot read my body language at all, <laughs> and that I want to leave, and they just continue on and on and on. So, what are some tips? Because I'm sure we've all gotten into into the excitement of telling about our company. We've got someone in front of us. What should we be looking for? What What are some tips that that you could share with uh, with the listeners about how to better effectively work their shows? Well, I think this is a good question and one we're going to come back to many times. But let me set the table a little bit and then dip into one tip already. Perfect. So with facial coding, there are 23 expressions that correspond to one or more of the following seven emotions. Those are happiness, surprise, anger, fear, sadness, disgust, and contempt. So we're probably going to touch on all of them. But I think one that's really central to the experience of being at the trade show booth or being the person approaching the trade booth is fear. 
because I've done sales as well. I've had a company. I've been very successful with my company. I certainly use facial coding to give me an advantage. Why is fear so important? Because fear is not a good lubricant. When you are afraid that the person won't buy from you and you're afraid, you don't listen very well. You are frozen. You are in trouble, basically. You sense danger. The person who's at the booth uh, being talked to, they're also quite possibly feeling afraid, like they're going to get ramrodded, that they're going to be talked to incessantly, that they won't be able to get away. Think about an animal who gets trapped. They are full of fear. So both sides have fear. And then it escalates because emotions are incredibly contagious. So the most single reliable indicator that someone shows fear is that the mouth pulls wide in a kind of an egads expression. That's a pretty strong version of fear. If you see that and you're the person trying to sell them at the booth, you better slow down. You better find another approach because this ain't working well. So fear is number one. And, and I can imagine that it goes both ways. It goes oh, both absolutely, ways. That, uh, absolutely. So, so the attendees also need to be, uh, they are sensing what's coming from the other end, from the other side. Maybe you as an attendee are a very high value attendee. And that person who is in the exhibit sees you and says, oh my gosh, this is our dream customer that I'm staring at. And now they're now I'm petrified. <laughs> so how how would that affect, uh, you know, uh, for, for the attendee, if they see fear from someone trying to sell them, what would well, uh, how would that work? Well, it's a problem because, you know, trust is the emotion of business. So you want to get to a position where you believe the seller is assured, capable, has a superior offer that this is the person you want to deal with. Well, someone who's really afraid you know, it was giving off a very different vibe, like, oh, my God, you know, I got to close this really quickly. Uh, I got to fast talk them. I mean, it does not create assurance whatsoever. And because emotions are, again, so contagious, you are escalating to a situation where that person's likely to want to flee. Uh, and now you're tying in also, if you know this is a high value target. Well, the odds are that you have quickly asked for a business card. Uh, you have really sharp eyes. Maybe you notice and you're staring at, you know, their lapel and their their name on on the uh, on the sports jacket or whatever. I mean, now you're not looking at the person's face. You're looking at who they are. You will have time to get to who they are in terms of their identity. If you lose that small initial window on how they're feeling and what's in the face, you've really blown it. Uh, I've just published a book on art. I know this seems a little far afield, but what I did is I said, okay, when someone sees something, how quickly do they dial in on it? And what I discovered was the first four seconds, it doesn't matter whether it's Mona Lisa or something else, the first four seconds are absolutely crucial to where they're going to go to emotionally. So that's your window. Think of it in football terms. Hut, hut, hike, and the play is on. So the first thing you go to is trying to read their name and what company they're with and their title, perhaps, and you haven't taken their face. You need to reverse that order, in my opinion. That is a huge tip. That is a huge tip. So anyone listening, don't worry about their name yet. Give them that eye contact. Look at their face. Make that instant connection you'll have time <laughs> like dad said you'll have time to get their name and to get their company but first make that connection you know and, and that is so important for us as humans to make the, that eye contact 
And you brought up something um, in in a, in a trade show setting. When someone comes up, a lot of times they might be they might be in a very maybe a neutral or even happy state if they're they're just walking around a show, they're gathering information, things like that. What should people look for as far as to know? Because uh, thing, things can change. They can go from neutral to happy or excited to I want to get out of here. What what should they be looking? Obviously, looking at their face is one thing. Correct. <laughs> it is correct. But let's let's go ahead and go all the way back to kind of as they're approaching, because let, let's okay. kind of set the narrative here, as it were. Perfect. Uh, I mentioned seven emotions. And now we need to talk about surprise, because with surprise, uh, the most reliable two ways it shows is that essentially your eyebrows go up and your eyes go wide. Think of this quite literally as you are taking in more information. You are widening your field of vision. This is what you want from the person approaching the booth, because the only other way surprise shows typically or most reliably is the mouth opens as if you want to get an extra breath because you're about to run away. You don't want them to run away. You do want them to pay attention. You do want their eyes to go wider. So this is a much missed opportunity, I believe, in terms of booths. You need an arresting visual. I mean, I have worked with you know more than half of the world's top 100 advertisers in the world. And I test TV spots and print ads and all sorts of things with visuals over and over in 20 years. Again, go back to that four second window. Do you have a visual? I don't just mean like you threw up your logo, you know, on the back wall of the booth. Do you have something that's actually interesting to look at? So that they look towards you. They're anticipating you that their eyes go wide with some degree of interest. And if it's not the visual, think about other opportunities. You can't do touch. I mean, grabbing their hand and shaking their hand. You can do that, but I wouldn't actually rush to do that until you get into the conversation because they might feel like you're going to take them into a bear hug, so to speak, and you're not going to let them escape. There are other um, other visuals or other you know sensory ways you can approach it if it's not going to be the visual. Is there a possibility of a, of a taste sensation? You have something you're giving away that has a nice taste. Is there a smell? There are studies that show that if you have the smell of uh, baking Baked cookies, freshly baked cookies. Guess what? People will linger. Uh, is there an interesting sound you can have at the booth? What I'm talking about is trying to create a wow, because surprise means I'm potentially paying attention. But as your question kind of implied, surprise is almost like a pre-emotion. You either go to a positive experience with that surprise, a follow-up that takes you into happiness. I got a new car for Christmas. Or you get a negative surprise, as in, I got a new car accident on the way home from work. Oh, you yes. don't want the latter <laughs> at the trade show booth. You want the former. Get their attention and then push it, in a, not push it, bring it to a nice direction. So that's surprise. You want it. You want that surprise. You want uh, the as... element of surprise, yes. Okay, excellent, excellent. And obviously, you want that to turn positive. So it's it's more than just uh, it's more than just having that arresting visual or that arresting smell of maybe fresh baked chocolate chip cookies or popcorn or freshly brewed espresso uh, to draw them in. But then it's what's next and, and, and taking advantage of, OK, now I've grabbed their attention. I need to th turn that surprise into happy and excited to be there and wanting to stick around. And so it, this is fascinating stuff. So the person's walking up. We've got that element of surprise. 
And then what would you recommend next? What is the next step? Once the, now they're approaching the booth, you've got you you've got them visually or auditory or or yeah or whatever the nose uh, scientific word is. You got their smell uh, enhanced. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would say another surprise, quite honestly, because the first one should be on a sensory basis. basis. And when it's auditory, I don't mean your opening spiel. I mean, maybe there's a sound or something else that's working with the booth. As I get it close enough, as I get within range of you, then the next thing is to perpetuate that surprise. That means the surprise is not taking their business card. It's not reading their name tag. It's not desperately launching into your pitch already. I mean, those things will not surprise them. They will expect those things. The surprise is the unusual opening question, uh, some other way of you know getting them into the conversation that they wouldn't expect. When I go to trade shows and I walk around, I, I see often two different things. If they are moving through the space with another person, they are comfortable, more comfortable because the other person is their friend. They got kind of an ally. They got their posse as they're moving through. They're socially comfortable. They got reinforcements. The person who moves through on their own is more likely to be darting and moving quickly. There are good studies that show that, you know, in a retail store, for instance, people who go in with a friend, with a child, uh, will linger longer. Uh, the quickest shopper is almost always the lone male who wants to get in there and out of there as quickly as possible. So I think when you've got two or more people who are who are approach your booth, then you have a chance to you're they're already more comfortable and you have a chance to play off and like, you know, how I mean, I'm just throwing something out. How do you know each other or you look like you're having a good time today? Or, you know, what have you seen that's interested you so far? I mean, just something that's much softer and more personal but without being fake about it. I think with the individual person, because they could be more wary, uh, you really have to take in who they are. I love that because I've never heard that before, but it is so true. When people are in groups, a lot of times I, I work a lot of business-to-business shows, uh, and that's been most of my career has been business-to-business business with some business consumer as well. But when people are together with from the same company, like you said, there's that comfort level, and they're more likely to hang around to answer questions because they are comfortable. Wow, that is and it, so. Everyone listening, listen to that, and and be on the lookout, and know that when you have that opportunity, you might want to soften things a little bit because you might have a better opportunity to have them stick around a little bit longer and ask those questions. Great stuff, and I also loved how you said. You kind of take them from surprise to surprise. Keep their senses heightened, keep them excited, and try to get them from positive to surprise to positive surprise. Uh, and don't immediately launch into that your spiel. Don't immediately say, "Oh, give me your business card," or "Let me scan your badge," or any of those things that can turn someone off in a hurry. This is this is amazing stuff. I <laughs> well, th- well, thank you very much. Well, you, yeah. you want to build emotional momentum. You want a yes, like this is an interesting booth to approach. Yes, I feel comfortable here. Yes, that was an inter- interesting gambit they first came with. Why surprise is so important is you're trying to create curiosity. Now, I've talked about the person approaching the booth, but let's switch to the person behind the table at the booth. They should already be working before the person even gets there, unless they're so busy, which is great, that they don't have time to look up until the next person suddenly, you know, right there beside them. 
as the person approaches, you have a chance to read their faces already. People have signature expressions. They have a default they often go to. Their writer George Orwell said, by the age of 50, a man has the face he deserves. We have muscle <laughs> memory. We show stuff. I mean, I remember being in a Sears store once some years ago, and just as I approached, one of the kids was kind of nagging the mom, and she turned to him and said, everybody treats me. Well, I'll clean it up for your listeners. Everyone treats me like crap. That's not quite what she actually said. <laughs> and I looked at her face, and she had a disgust expression on her face. It was as if her life had not been so good. She had not been treated well. And disgust as an emotion is things smell bad. They taste bad. You know, they're poisonous to me. And her face really kind of revealed that. I went, oh, my God, I have just seen such a window into who you are. I mean, God forbid that's the person approaching your booth. You'd like to have the happy camper instead. But you don't always get what you want. You have to work it based on what you, you know, what you're dealt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure everyone listening can uh, has immediately had people come into their minds that they say, oh, yes, they always look like they're angry or they always look like they're disgusted with something and that is their personality that's how they kind of approach life and then other people who are happy and they and you look at them you just you can't kind of help but smile just looking at them because they look happy all the time and they are and, and that so i think there's a lot of truth to or what orwell said it's really yeah. amazing and then with the happiness, the key thing is don't rain on the parade. If you've got a happy person, that's great because happiness is not a trivial emotion. There is good research to show that a happy person brainstorms superior solutions more quickly. Happiness is an essence to want to hug, to embrace. Now, your goal is to get them to embrace your branded offer, but that's the kind of the entire emotional energy of happiness so don't squander it don't ruin it you know hold on to it don't push too hard because it's really nice and fluffy and just leave it that way and then work your way into discreetly into the sales opportunity now this is so such really really amazing and and powerful information that you're sharing and i'm glad you're here because i can't wait to put some of this to use in, the, in my next show uh the seven emotions the seven emotions now where can people go to find out more about those seven emotions? get the list do you have it on a, on your website somewhere um i do not but um oh. you know again their happiness and surprise and then their okay. Fear and anger and sadness, disgust and contempt. Where they are with good description is, of course, my book, Famous Faces Decoded, a guidebook for reading others. I mean, there oh, I really okay. I really lay out the secret sauce of, uh, you know, how you show your emotions and which you know expressions go to which emotions. What's the correlations? And people really need this because a good salesperson, frankly, needs to be emotionally literate. Talking points is what we all get trained in, but feeling points are at least as important as talking points, because if you can pivot in the moment, if you know what they're showing and what that means and what the likely triggers are and how you can maybe you know, bring them along to the next step, you are so far ahead of the game. You know, One of the Hollywood moguls said, funny thing, the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> I'm not actually asking you to work harder. I'm just asking you to get emotionally literate and then be able to plug and play that playbook because it can work for you. Uh, and I'm not just saying this as some gadfly. It's just because this is the most essential thing. I never wanted to get into a business that was just trendy. Well, emotions ain't trendy. Emotions aren't with us forever. 
and they cloud and drive our rational, supposedly rational decision making. So famous faces decoded. Go check out that book because these seven emotions and it's not just the seven emotions is what do you do with them? That is worth, and that, like you said, I think that's the secret sauce is how do I, it's almost like an instant for those of you in in the training world or HR world, instant Myers-Briggs assessment or an instant DISCs assessment (laughs) where you can, as someone's coming up, you could do that quick assessment to know where they're at and how do I need to interact with that person to make sure, like you said, don't rain on their parade. This is a happy person. I I don't want to start talking about fear and everything. You don't want to bring them down. You want to keep their, their emotions at a high state. And if they are fearful, if they are are disgusted how do you deal with that so and that is where uh, dan's book famous faces decoded tell us a little bit more about that book because that just the title is so intriguing the famous faces sure well i actually looked at 173 celebrities over the last four generations so i've got rock stars and hollywood stars and business moguls and you know, famous athletes and so forth. I wanted to make it really a relatable, fun book. Uh, we know them or think we know them, uh, but you often don't. I actually had people guess or, or survey, I guess you can call it, where I asked them to say what they thought was the characteristic emotion for these 173 celebrities. Their accuracy rate was actually about 35%. That's why I say we're, we're not really Sherlock Holmes. We're, we're a lot more like Watson, and you might remember from Sherlock Holmes, he <laughs> yeah. says to Watson at one point, Watson, you have a instinctive grasp of the obvious. <laughs> we, 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 we are not Sherlock Holmes, most of us. And I'm not even sure we have an instinctive grasp of the obvious. We sometimes just miss way too much. We think the words are everything. We think our, you know, our pre-recorded or rehearsed spiel is going to carry us through. It's helpful. I mean, I'm not saying discard it. But you gotta be flexible and you gotta sell to the person who's there, who is a flesh and blood person with emotions that are gonna really dictate how they respond to you. That is so fascinating and I can't wait to dive in and learn more about that. This is this has been outstanding. So and, but you mentioned something a little bit earlier, and I do and I know you said it was a little off topic, but I do want to find out about your book on art. And what did you learn from uh, from that uh, from that study? Well, I I learned how important faces are, for one thing. Uh, If there was a face in the painting or or more than one faces, I I also used eye tracking in this study. So it was facial coding and eye tracking. I wanted to know really precisely what they looked at and when they looked at it, how do they feel? And if there was a face, 70% of the gaze activity and 70% of the emoting happened regarding the face. So bring that right back to the trade show booth. What does that tell you? Your offer is actually not going to compel as much emotional response as you yourself, the salesperson. So your interactions with that prospect is everything. And yes, you get to the offer. You're going to get to price. There's probably going to be some emotional kick around the price. But in all the studies I've done over the 20 years and in this book on art, Absolutely, the place where people start is the face if there is a face. Uh, Otherwise, you really got to think about the visual. You got to think about the colors. Uh, Red is the most engaging color. Uh, Blue is the most soothing and pleasing color. Green is the least successful color emotionally. So how do you decorate and design your booth? My mom was an interior designer. 
And on the other hand, my dad ran 3M printed post-it notes, production, sales, and marketing. So believe me, he was at plenty of trade shows over the course of his 40-plus year <laughs> career at 3M. And yeah. probably some of this I pick up from him, but he originally wanted to be an architect. So both of my parents are visually oriented. I love it. Something you mentioned earlier about the eye tracking. And I think that's that is something that uh, anybody can do with their their booth and their exhibit. So think about this, everybody who's listening out there you, for your next show. Why don't you just take a time and if you have the opportunity, set up your exhibit and just have people from the office or, or whoever walk by before you go to the show and just watch. Where do they look or, or do they look right at you? What were you going to say, Dan? I'm sorry. Well, and they might look at you and they should, and that's really a likely thing. But when they're further away, is there one key arresting detail? Don't worry about the world's most sophisticated, expensive booth, particularly right now when we're, you know, facing the coronavirus. Think about what you can do as the one arresting visual that pulls them in that creates the wow surprise. Because I mentioned surprise and I mentioned happiness, but the great thing is to put them together. A wow is surprise that percolates into happiness. You want to create a wow to get the emotional kickoff started. That is money in the bank, everybody. You want to create that positive wow, that surprise to get them involved get them connected to you and your booth and as dan said 70 percent of the emotion 70 percent of the connection 70 percent of the time when people are looking at paintings are looking at the face and the same thing is going to happen at your booth unless you let the person walk by so you got to make sure you, you grab them somehow and make that connection. Don't worry about the secondary things like he talked about. Don't worry about looking at their name tag and stuff like that. Make that connection because that's what they're there for. They're there to make that connection with somebody and get the answers that they came for at the show. This is amazing, amazing stuff. So thank you, Dan, for for sharing a lot of this with us. As we as we kind of uh, wrap this up in a nice bow here. Well, I'd like to. What would be your top takeaways? What do you want people to to leave this episode really understanding? Well, probably something I haven't even touched on yet. You might think they're smiling, but there is a vast difference between a smile and a smirk, even though they both involve the corner of the mouth pulling up. And in one word, what would I say the difference is between a smile and a smirk? Profitability. Because a smile obviously is happiness. They're embracing your offer. And a smirk is when the corner of the mouth pulls up, but it also pulls out and there's more tension to it. And if trust is the emotion of business, well, sadly, contempt is its opposite. Don't trust you. Don't respect you. It's the most reliable indicator that a marriage will fail. And it ain't going to work so well for you at a trade show booth either. It's basically going to be the divorce of you and the prospect if that's the expression you create. So you, if you see that or even a hint of that a little bit, You need to redial your approach because something you offered up really, they just don't feel like you're on the level. And that's a problem and it's a hard one to come back from because it's very toxic. So I think that is the absolutely most important thing I could tell anybody in terms of a watch out. And the second strongest one would be if someone really feels like they're getting pushed too hard by you, one of the things that happens is the lips press together and there is a bulge below the middle of the lower lip. That is a sign of, you know, almost rising indignation, like just back off now, guy. 
uh, or woman. And so I think that's the secondary watch out. But both of those mean that you're falling off the tracks and you want to get them back to the wild. You want to get them back to the happiness. You want to get them, you know, you want to close the deal, but you, you got to bring them with you. You can't push them to the deal. Great, great takeaways there. <laughs> the difference between a smile and a smirk is profitability. I love that. Oh my gosh, because that's why we're at the shows. We're there for we're there for ROI. Got got to have that return on our investment. Uh, that's the the tagline of uh, Trade Show University is getting your PhD in ROI. So remember that difference between the smile and the smirk, and it is a it is night and day uh, with the differences there. And then also knowing. When that person is is ready to walk away in, in disgust and in anger and to be able to read that and then step back and get them back to a place where they are more open to what you have to say. Dan, that's, that was outstanding. Just well, outstanding. thank you so much. And, thank you, Jim. And your stuff is fascinating. So tell us, is there anything you'd like to uh, to let the, the people know about what you're doing right now or uh, or some maybe some more about your books? Sure. Well, first of all, I do have a blog. Uh, it's called Faces of the Week. And if they go to emotions, plural, emotionswizard.com, they can follow that and they'll pick up little you know, hints here and there. It's very visually oriented, as you might guess. So every I usually publish it twice a week and there'll be little clues that you can plug in uh, to business and to your life. Uh, I will probably, you know, might be Q1 of 2021. I'll probably be starting to run some uh, one-day workshops, uh, including for salespeople of all different stripes, uh, likely to be held in California in the wintertime when the weather is nice and pleasant. If listeners go to my website, which is the obligatory three W's, and then sensorylogic.com, as in your five senses, sensorylogic.com, on the landing page is a chance for you to basically sign up, not that you have to buy something, just that you want to keep informed as to when these are actually going to roll out. So I think those are the two key things. And then, yeah, you'll see at the website uh, my books and, and other things I've done over the course of these 20 years. Outstanding. Uh, and I'll, I'll drop all of the of your, your websites as well as you know, your contact information into the show notes. So everyone, you know, click that little notes button on your podcast player to get all the show notes. So if you're driving or on the treadmill right now, all of the all of this contact information and these websites will be there. But get over to emotionswizard.com. Get that face of the week. That is fascinating fascinating stuff and his main his main website centurylogic.com and you will just get a wealth of great information check out his books his books are just from the covers <laughs> and from what he's told us about you know that you are in for a fantastic read so dan again thank you for joining us here at trade show university really appreciate your time and taking the time to man educating us with some some stuff that we just don't hear all that often this is really powerful stuff so thank you for making the time today appreciate oh absolutely it. absolutely i had a great time thank you jay and so everybody, uh, please uh, reach out to, to Dan if you have any questions and get to his websites, sign up uh, for uh, for his emails and uh, whatever newsletters he's got to offer and uh, be on the lookout for his uh, his one day business retreats that will be coming up probably uh, later this year or early next year. And get over to our website. It's a uh, tradeshowu.biz that's tradeshow the letter u.biz sign up for our newsletter if you aren't already and i will send you over our master goal setting workbook 
that is just fantastic for trade shows goes over so many so many uh, of the goals you need to be setting and thank you again for tuning in to trade show you we will see you next time We've come to the end of this class here at Trade Show University, but we encourage you to never stop learning. We have plenty more resources and information available on our website, tradeshowu.biz. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for exclusive insights and information to help you get your PhD in ROI. You'll find all this and more at tradeshowu.biz. Until next time, class dismissed.